0: coming up on the Smitty and Mitty show this week. We'll talk some MLB and some NFL football on the show. Plus, I'll be joined by Mark Perry from GuelphToday.com. You're not going to want to miss it. It starts now. And
1: now... Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? Stunt your 90% of the time, I have no idea what I'm talking about. Don't worry, nobody's listening anyway.
2: The show that's got everyone saying... You're
0: so dumb, for real.
2: With Smitty. What you just said is one of the most idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. And Mitty. I've been in this business 15 years. What's your name? F***
3: you, that's my name. This... (laughs) is the Smitty Mini Show
1: Smitty and the MIDI show across your TSMS radio networks on your radio dial for yet another week. Also in podcast form. Check us out. Smitty MIDI show. Instagram Facebook Twitter. Dave Middleton Sunlight Financial Life is project under the sun gold line curling. They are the choice of all of the champions. Guest joining us a little bit is different than what you teased last week. Last week you said we're gonna have a little bit of a different guest. Yes, didn't this is turn cool. out to be so. That other different guest just uh, stopped responding to me after agreeing to do it. it just never responded back to me. So uh, I hope nobody goes to his shows.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, we didn't uh, we didn't say a name, so at least we can we can sleep tightly knowing that uh, nobody's gonna send hateful messages towards them. But yeah, kind of bailed on us last minute. And by bailed, because, them, stopped answering. Yeah,
1: there's nothing, there's nothing that artists fear more than the Smitty and Midians coming at them. They're ruthless. They're ruthless. In their email. Nothing we, worse we than have, getting six emails from people who are slightly perturbed.
0: We have trained them well. They're going to be getting messages from so-and-so from Owen Sound who is furious that they didn't get a little bit of a different guest on the show this week. Anyways, joining me on late notice this week, Mark Perry. Uh, He'll join me from Guelftoday.com, does some uh, broadcasting with the OHL's Guelph Storm, the Sudbury Wolves, um, and then some play-by-play for Laurier University, as well as the uh, Kitchener Panthers in the IBL. So he's going to join me. We'll we'll shoot around the ball a little bit, talk, catch up. And uh, yeah, that's what's coming up in the uh, second segment of the show.
1: You know what happened the other day? What? You remember when you brought back the spelling contest real quick when I was in the studio? Did I? Yeah. Yeah, you, you threw a word to me and you said spell it and it did not go well. I don't even remember what word it was. I heard from more people, like I heard that people actually listen to the show. There were people texting me left and right telling me how to spell this and that they love that segment. And they missed it. Huh. Yeah. So
0: more you know, like my
1: people my are wife, listening.
0: Like people listen to this? I know.
1: My my brother like immediately texted me. I'm not saying that my brother is a big listen, but there was actually a fair bit of people. <laughs> my
0: that... brother, and my wife texted me, so like you know, we're reaching all the big fans. <laughs> like there the were people other are, people people are still tuned in. Good to know. After all I'm these years,
1: I'm saying I think we we missed nobody, and I mean nobody entered the draws when we made it a contest. But I think
0: people still enjoyed the segment. That is not true at all. Shout out to Leandra Anderson, who, like, won the only draw that we yeah. did. It was our because only Because she was winner. the only person who ever entered a draw. Yeah, I think loved I... Oh, we, The people love to enter the draws that we did for, like, the free Amazon Echo thing. Like, we did that on the Facebook page. And we had people from, like, British Columbia. Like, they were like, oh, I'd like to win this, please. Like, do you even know who we are? Some who, guy in Toronto wanted it, no? Yeah, we and some guy in Toronto who I guarantee you has never listened to an episode of the Smitty. That's
1: going to be my question. You Want think you, you think he uses his his Amazon Alexa to hey hey Alexa, play the Smitty
0: Midi show? I'm not even sure it ever got to him, man. I sent that thing out Canada Post, and I never got a notification saying that it was delivered. So that's well, all. You I'm never saying. you never heard it wasn't delivered. He never complained that it didn't get there, so I'm assuming it's there. I think we even sent him a hat. No, I think we sent a hat with it, too. Him a swag package. Yeah, we sent him some stuff. And some stickers. Listen, he better have listened to at least a couple of the shows. <laughs> at least listen to the most recent one when you got the package. Come on. Yeah, at
1: least hear your name called. Come on. The
0: thank you. Not nothing. The stuff uh, the, we've all- done over three years here, man. For
1: all we know, he now has a TSMS tattoo on his buttocks. Yeah.
0: I mean, if you got one of those and didn't let us know, I'd be so disappointed. Like, I feel like I you just
1: need to. Yeah. I put a lot of money on nobody having a TSMS tattoo because uh one the the first two culprits are sitting right here and we do not have those. <laughs> uh,
0: one 1A one and 1B are sitting here on this screen and neither of us have the tattoo. Third in line is probably Dave and I know Dave doesn't have the tattoo cuz he would have showed me. No. 100.
1: Yeah, I think I think Dave possibly thinks that um tattoos are for the devil. he wasn't okay. too happy when I came home with my first He's tattoo. Not a tattoo guy. No. No, no, he wasn't too happy. You wanna? We're gonna talk about a little uh, NFL after your conversation. Um, you wanna talk about some MLB here? Because there was a couple of interesting Blue Jays notes. I thought
0: there was some Blue Jays notes. Uh, some some news this past week. Where where do you want to begin with that? Like what what exactly? Because we've got about I, six or seven minutes here.
1: So what I was thinking is, you remember how we talked about the home sound attack this year, and yeah. how it was weird that they had hired. A coach that had coached in the AHL and the Q and the Dub and Some, brought him someone, is an staff, assistant
0: coach that had a right? little bit more. Experience that was clearly yeah.
1: a head coach, right? I think it's really interesting that Don Mattingly was given a new role. He was he's the bench boss slash offensive coordinator or something along yeah. those lines.
0: So and, and from, it wasn't a new role. Let's just clarify. It was his role as the bench coach with additional roles. Like they just keep adding it on.
1: Right. And from what I'm hearing, he was definitely in the conversations with multiple teams for their head coaching positions, for their bench boss positions. And um, the Blue Jays kind of gave him an expanded role, which probably comes with expanded money, I would assume, to keep him around. And it smells fishy to me when, after you know, back-to-back years of John Schneider having rough playoff decisions, leading to some backlash, that it kind of looks to me a little bit like they might be trying to keep this head coach around, somebody who can step in if John Schneider needs to leave midway through
0: the season. So, what you're saying right now is that if you're if you're going to hit up your uh your but your betting books here, if you're going to open up your bet books and and look towards futures of John Schneider not making it halfway through next season? That Don Mattingly not, is going to take over? Like, Yes, I, I'm,
1: not, I'm not saying he's going to get fired halfway through the year. I don't think that's going to happen. But I think that they are very comfortable with having a, somebody with the coaching experience of Don Mattingly around so that if they do have to make that decision, there's somebody to step in and take it. I think that they would rather have him there ready to take over that job then either have to promote somebody that's not ready, or have to do a quick hire from out.
0: I don't disagree, but why? Why not just like if that's a move that you clearly want to, unless unless you really do just want it as a backup. But clearly, it's kind of a move that you maybe want to do. Why not just do it? Right? Like why not just make that move? The well, they're, they're like contracts yeah. in place and all that stuff.
1: I think the better question is why would Don Mattingly stay if it wasn't for if he if there were legitimate jobs to be a head coach in the major leagues and that's we're assuming that's something he wants to do again why would he not why would he stay in Toronto if there wasn't at least a inkling of a promise that he would be the next head coach if that came to fruition if that that
0: had to happen well he's got to know it right he's he's had to have had those conversations where he knows that it's a possibility and he knows that, and who knows, like, honestly, man, like maybe he is making way more decisions than we know, right? That's never come out. That's never been announced, but like maybe Don Manningly is actually the guy here who's making a lot of the decisions and, and controlling. I don't necessarily putting pen to paper on a lineup card, but helping with that decision with John Schneider. He's obviously there for a reason. And I don't think it's just to be a mentor. I don't think so. It's been
1: fishy ever since the start. That why would like when when they first introduced that he was going to join the team, it was like why? It always seemed like there was somebody looking over John Schneider's shoulder, if not to help him coach, but to be kind of a fallout of like, no, you don't want to do that. That's dumb.
0: Yeah. Right. Listen, there's still like people. He seemed like
1: a crutch. People have talked about. I feel
0: like we may have maybe even had this conversation on the show about his age and you know older managers maybe like do they keep having jobs did you hear through the angels just signed this week no 71 year old ron washington is the new manager of the la angels really Didn't so he clearly, just retire? oh well clearly baseball still wants these older experienced managers in place certain teams do at least and Why? the angels are one of those teams that makes no sense. Seventy-one year old Ron Washington. The what new was manager. it
1: before he was a third base
0: coach in Texas. With Atlanta. Like, he a, Atlanta. He was a coach Atlanta with Atlanta, and then I think I don't think he ever officially retired, but like, yeah, he is the new manager of the Angels. So who knows? Anything's possible. Don Mattingly is like still ten years younger than Ron Washington, so still plenty of time left to manage in the big leagues, as far as I'm concerned.
1: The other thing that I I saw was that the Blue Jays front office is planning on signing four or five bats this year. Joey Votto rumored to be one of them already early on. Do you think Joey Votto would be? Okay, here's a good question. Is Joey Votto better to retire than to sign with a different team? How much stock do you put in to playing with one team for your whole career? Clearly, Cincinnati doesn't want him anymore. They've said it. They didn't pick up his option. Is this the time to retire? Does he tarnish his legacy by going somewhere else? But would Toronto be the only place where he wouldn't tarnish his legacy? I was like just,
0: just going to say, I feel like, and maybe this is the Canadian in me talking. I feel like the only, and I don't want to say tarnish, because like is going to one team really going to tarnish the reputation of Joey Vado A little bit, but not a whole lot. If he goes to Toronto, though, it's wide open, man. I feel like you have you have every right to go back to your home country, especially when you're when the country you come from has one major league baseball team and you can sign there. It would be like uh, if you played your entire career with one team and then like, let's say you played your entire career with Cincinnati, but you were from Minneapolis and you wanted to play one year with your hometown team, the team that you grew up cheering for. I feel like maybe that's where you can, you know, you can say that doesn't tarnish your reputation.
1: The better question is do you, do do you want Joey Votto?
0: I wouldn't I wouldn't mind him. I think I don't think you can ask him to be the Joey Votto he's been in years past.
1: Let's that play the guess jo- what Joey Votto hit last year.
0: 238.
1: That is over by 36 points.
0: Ooh, 202. He hit
1: 202 last year. Rough. With a 433 slugging.
0: That is brutal. Yeah. Maybe we don't want Joey Votto. Maybe the maybe Joey Votto needs to call it a career. 38
1: RBIs, 14 home runs. He was hurt for a little bit, I do believe. Yeah. Uh, but if he comes to this team, he's got to be kind of your, your Brennan Belt bench lefty,
0: you know? Yeah. And you know what? I didn't think, think Brennan Belt worked out bad for the Blue Jays either, though. Mm. I didn't think he did. All right. We've got to hit a break. Coming up on the other side of the show, Mark Perry will join me uh from guelftoday.com we'll talk a little bit and catch up with mark you're listening to the smitty Mitty show here on the tsms radio network and the smitty and Mitty show podcast
3: another curling season is upon us whether you're a beginner a pro or somewhere in between having the proper equipment makes all the difference shoes brooms jackets pants gloves for men women and children whatever you're looking for you'll find it at goldlinecurling.com goldline the choice of champions
2: Even though I'd just gotten a new job that paid well, I still wanted to be prepared for the unexpected. My Sun Life advisor encouraged me to do three things. Get health coverage, start paying back debt, and build a safety net. When I got my cancer diagnosis, my advisor had already helped me become debt-free with enough set aside for emergencies. When I took time off, I didn't worry about my finances so I could focus on getting better. Today, I'm in remission.
1: Call Middleton Finner Financial Services with offices in Kincartan and Port Elgin. This is the Smitty and Midi Show.
0: Welcome back to the Smitty and Midi Show here on Rogers TV as well across the TSMS radio network and on the Smitty and Midi Show podcast. Joining me this week on the show, Mark Perry. He is the play-by-play broadcaster for the Kitchener Panthers in the IBL. As well as with the uh, Wolf Luria University Athletics Department, the Hawks, and uh, as well as the color commentator with the uh, Guelph Storm and the Sudbury Wolves, Mr. Mark Perry. Mark, thanks for hopping on the show. I really appreciate you joining me this week. Well, I got quite the
4: laundry list, apparently, of stuff that I do on a regular basis. So being able to find the time, I'm I'm glad to be here.
0: Well, I was just reading that straight off the Twitter slash X profile. So uh, if there's anything incorrect in there we know who to blame. Absolutely, it's all my fault. Everything's my fault so, so you got it me. right <laughs> yeah i got it right once again thank you for joining me kind of a, a late cancellation on the smitty and Mitty show this week mark uh, so graciously able to hop on and join me uh we'll talk some baseball we'll talk some hockey and we'll kind of just uh shoot around here and talk to each other and i haven't seen you since i think we called a, a london versus kitchener playoff game back in when was that early september late august it has been a while since we have touched base yeah, absolutely. It's uh, it's definitely been a little while. For those that are just listening on
4: radio, I'm hoping that they can differentiate our voices. Um, but uh, you know, other than that, you know, it's uh, it's been quite busy since uh, since we last saw each other. Obviously, we ended up uh, in Kitchener getting bounced uh, by Barry in the next round of the IBL playoffs. Had a couple of weeks off, and then right into hockey season. So it's uh, it's definitely been a grind, and uh, definitely has been a while since I've been in uh, the London area.
0: I didn't even think about that when I asked you to come on the show is that it's kind of a long running uh, gag if you will around the Intercounty Baseball League circles is that whether you're in Kitchener at Jack coach listening on the Panthers stream or you're listening on the Majors stream at Labat Park who's there like who am I getting today because I've been tagged in posts saying that it was me when it was clearly you but people just don't seem to they can't figure it out Mark they don't know so how are we supposed to know Maybe I should just use an accent here. Maybe that can help the people. <laughs> uh, I'll I'll save the people from
4: that uh, t- for people. today. Maybe I'll get a better uh, British accent. Maybe uh, maybe for the next time we do this, just to
0: kind of differentiate the voices. <laughs> <laughs> so on that note, uh, the Intercounty Baseball League season wrapped up a few months ago. I didn't get a whole lot of chance on this show to talk about it, but as you mentioned, uh, you guys and the Panthers are getting bounced in round two. The Welland Jackfish winning their first title uh, in a very short succession since moving to Welland a few years ago. Did you get a chance to watch any of the finals? Were you tuned in a little bit? And uh, what is your first reaction to Welland coming out on top of the Jack and Lynn Dominico trophy this season?
4: Um, My first reaction was, and it's no slight against the Barry Baycats, but I wasn't really all that surprised. I mean, the Well and Jackfish have been the class of the IBL throughout the regular season, a high-powered offense. You know, Barry was the underdog going into that series. But I do feel like, you know, the way that those two matched up, you thought it was going to be maybe anybody's series, but – I mean, just the way that Welland performed in that final, I caught a little bit of it, especially that final game where, I mean, Welland just put no question, raised no question of who was, you know, the the best in the IBL this season. I mean, Barry obviously got to themselves an early lead in the series, but again, Welland, I think they used that as motivation to just say, "Hey, we got to put this to bed," and they just slapped on run after run after run and you know congratulations to the jackfish and uh, i know there's going to be eight other teams going into 2024 that are going to be gunning for that uh for that trophy and try to uh, dethrone the jackfish in 2024
0: Well, as you mentioned, there are eight other teams because a new team makes their appearance into the Inter-County Baseball League next season. That is the Chatham-Kent Barnstormers, as we now know them. Um, And that will move the IBL up to nine teams coming into 2023. And I want to kind of pose a question to you because it's been thrown around the Inter-County Baseball League fan circles. Um, I don't know if it's actually been talked about on an executive level in the Inter-County Baseball League yet what do you do with the ninth team? Does someone miss out on the playoffs? Do you put nine teams in and give your first team a bye? What do you think's the best route? And what do you think the IBL is going to end up going with?
4: This is going to be a very intriguing conversation. I know that uh, they had their annual general meeting uh, very recently right here in Kitchener. I wasn't able to catch up to too much on uh, what was talked about in that meeting, but Yeah, with a ninth team, that is going to be very intriguing. I could see a ninth team missing the playoffs, but then you start getting into the conversation of, well, we want playoff revenue. Revenues are huge. Um, What else can you do, really? I mean, with a ninth team, somebody's got to be missing out. And unfortunately, I do think that's probably going to end up being the route that you go. You have nine teams yeah, take one out and you do the usual 1v8, 2v7, 3v6, 4v5 uh, for the first round of the playoffs. Or maybe this could be an alternative where you have the bottom two teams play each other and maybe a best of three as just a kind of like a play-in series. The winner ends up into the playoffs, the loser ends up out. So at the very least, as a ninth place team, you still get you know one playoff game at minimum.
0: Yeah, it's an interesting look, almost like a wild card series, if you will, uh, to see who gets into that final playoff spot. I know it's been talked about year after year about how the teams like to have that almost guaranteed playoff game um, or two playoff games, depending on the length of the series, to gain that extra little bit of revenue. Instead of looking at a 21-game home slate, you get that extra game. It allows you to pay the bills that extra little bit more. So i will be interesting to see the route that the IBL goes. That being said... If you do just decide that right out the bottom team, in the league does not make the playoffs. Maybe that puts a little bit of a fire underneath the behinds of some of these teams to say, Hey, if we want that, if we want to be in the playoffs to gain that extra bit of revenue, to get those playoff games, we can't finish in the basement anymore. Now we've got to move up and now we've got to be better. And if the IBL really does expand to 10 teams, like they've talked about Mark, then you're really going to have to light a fire. You cannot be in the bottom one or two. You've got to make the playoffs.
4: Absolutely. And, you know, speaking of 10 teams, imagine what that could end up uh, looking like in the, uh, in the IBL landscape. Maybe you have, you know, the, the much talked about two divisions in the IBL where you have five teams in the East, five teams in the West, and maybe you have that play in scenario there where if you do want all teams in the IBL fourth place versus fifth place in your own division as a play in to get into the playoffs, and that would be very intriguing to see
0: now obviously in 2023 the uh it seems to be the year of the first for teams winning their first title uh the texas rangers winning their first major league baseball title just a couple of weeks ago did you get a chance to watch any of the world series games because let me tell you mark tv viewership apparently way down for this year's world series
4: I did catch a little bit of it. Uh, I didn't catch the final game where Texas ended up uh, getting uh, getting the trophy, but uh, I caught some of the early games. And, I mean, the, the game one alone was, bang for your buck, one of the best baseball games you'll ever watch. The catch-up, uh, you know, the bottom of the ninth, the walk-off. You know, that's pretty much the only bit of the World Series that I was able to catch. But what what a game to catch.
0: Well, Major League Baseball this past season with the implementation of, you know, the pitch clock rule and some of the other rule changes that they had, they were able to shrink the time of games. And in turn, they increased the attendance in stadium up, I think it was 10% or near 10% this season. So I personally, I don't think the TV viewership being down a little bit is really a cause for concern here.
4: I feel like the numbers might even be a little skewed in the same respect as well, because you start thinking about streaming, and you know, it's not like people aren't watching. It's you know, maybe you have one or two, you know, thousand people that are you know, they might be streaming it illegally, or you know, they might be doing it with a uh, with with a streaming service. Uh, but, I do think the numbers might be a little skewed nowadays compared to you know you you have the classic, you're you're following the Nielsen ratings because everybody's tuning in on the network. There's so many different ways that you can view the game. There's so many different ways that you can even listen to the game as well. i I don't put too much stock into the numbers to be honest with you, especially nowadays.
0: All right, well, let's switch the card here, move on to stuff that's a little bit more local um, and a little bit more now and talk about the OHL season, which now, Mark, is in full swing. We're 15, 16 games in as we record this now, depending on uh, the team that you follow. Uh, You obviously get a chance to follow closely along with the Guelph Storm and what they're doing this season, uh, helping call the games there off to a pretty good start this season, nine and six, third in the Midwest, uh, finished second last year. So uh, some high expectations I think is a fair way to put it this year uh, in the city of Guelph. I would say so. I mean, last year, when you think about
4: what, the Guelph Storm were supposed to be. I mean, preseason, last season, they were ranked fourth in the entire country. A lot of people had some high expectations for them. They fell completely short of them. They found their way into a six-game series against the Sarnia Sting. And then you come back into this season, they look at what happened the previous year and say, hey, we need to get off to a hot start. And you have all this experience. And I think they're really living up to some of the expectations um, but I think the biggest story has to be in net. Braden Gillespie has been, you know, the class of the OHL, maybe minus one or two other goaltenders in the O right now. I mean, Braden Gillespie is playing lights out for them. They have Damian Slavic as his backup, obviously, um, hasn't had to get into as many games. Maybe some people might have thought coming into the year that it might have been Slavic's net to lose, but. If Braden Gillespie took that net from Game One and has been really rolling with it over the last you know dozen games for the Storm, but of course this is a, also a team that's run into some situations with injuries. Obviously the Matt Patra situation, him playing for the Boston Bruins this year. Now you start got to figure, uh, starting to figure out okay, who's going to fill that gap now that uh, Patra is not coming back into the OHL this season. And then you have the back end. Of course, you lose Cam Allen right before the season starts. You just lost Quinbo Shane, um, who is uh, playing internationally over the last week. You know, there are some there, there's a little bit of trepidation. There's a little bit of adversity that they have to kind of get over the hump with uh, over the next uh, little bit.
0: But so far, so good in the Royal City. And so far, so good. You mentioned the goaltending there with Gillespie leading the charge. Is this, and I don't want to, you know, start painting things with a brush too early on in the season, but is this what's going to be the strength for the Guelph Storm this season? Is it going to be the goaltending? Is it going to be the defense? Or do you think the offense is going to have its time to shine? And they already have had on a few occasions their time to shine in the early going this season.
4: I think it's going to be absolutely a balanced attack. That would probably be the best way to put it. I don't know with a shouldering Gillespie with this, you know, a massive load of the net is going to be necessarily a good thing in the sense that I don't know if he's had this amount of time to shine. Like you never know what this could turn into. I mean, you think about what Nico Dawes did for the Storm a couple of years ago. Nobody saw this coming. And nobody thought that this was going to be the pure strength of the team, but it ended up being really the pure strength of the team was, you know, Nico Dawes in net. This could be Braden Gillespie's year. It could fall off by the time Christmas rolls around. But you look at the defense again, as I mentioned, no Cam Allen, no Quinn Shane, probably until after Christmas. You know, the offense really, you know, you touched on it there, Noah. Jet Luchanko's really impressed me over the last couple of weeks. What he's been able to do, the shoulder load down the middle i think the offense is going to pick up even more so especially if george burnett decides hey without poitra uh coming back maybe you go out and get another uh, playmaking center to really beef up that offense and really make the offense the forefront uh, of this guelph storm attack it i mean i think it's pretty uh pretty early to really identify what's going to be the strength of this team it really could be any of the three
0: Now, if any London area viewers, listeners are a little bit struck by that name, Jet Luchenko, a former London junior Knight. Uh, I actually got the chance to see him for a handful of games in junior B with the Strathroy Rockets. But he's in his second year with the Storm this year, had 14 points in 45 games, I believe it was last year. He's already beat that. He's got 17 to begin the season in 15 games. He's off to a hot start, and I think he's really starting to find his stride here with the Storm in year two. The hands that this kid has, my goodness,
4: some of the goals that he has scored this season has really just showcased, you know, that transition from, you know, being a rookie in this league and having that confidence in year two in the Ontario Hockey League, getting a feel for the game, knowing the speed of the game. And I think he's really adapted uh, very well, uh, especially with the system that this, this team employs. And, you know, not to mention, you know, other guys that are on this team. Obviously, Max Nemesnikov had a slow start, finally got on the score sheet and has started to pick up some of the goals. Braden Bowman is showcasing himself as a leader on this team too. And you can't forget about Jake Carabella, the other centerman uh, in the bunch, the Washington Capitals uh, draft pick. You know, this is a really potent offense that could keep rolling, but they really just have to keep their head to the
0: grindstone and just keep on moving. About a month and a bit into the OHL season, we're finally um, getting to the point now where you can say and finally see what teams are legit this year. And we're starting to see what teams uh, are maybe falling a little bit short of expectations in the early going and I kind of wanted to, to pick your brain on who you think has had the best start. Who do you think is the strongest team in the OHL? Or at least uh, we'll start out with the with the Western side here, in, in which we get to see a lot more of. Um, but then we'll go into the East as well, because uh, you look at a team like the Kitchener Panthers, who last season had a little bit of a struggling year. But this year, they're out to a firing start. Really, they fired out of a cannon to begin the year here, uh, first place in the Midwest are they a team that early on looks like hey the, the rangers are legit this year uh this isn't a fluke through the first 16 games of the season
4: they're looking very fiery right now i know that uh the fan base for uh, for me in Guelph might not like it i know the fan base for you guys in london may not like it but the kitchener <laughs> rangers i mean that uh that duo in net with jackson parsons and tristan Malbuff are are up to snuff um but It's really the offense just putting up goal after goal after goal. That is a potent offense, but what's going to be interesting to see over the next several weeks is what general manager, Mike McKenzie is going to do with that group. You pretty much emptied out the cupboard last season. How much is left? Yes. You ended up, you know, getting a guy like Philip Mishar back into your lineup by chance to beef up that offense, but It, you know, as we've seen year in and year out, most teams that are going for it, they're going to make a big deal, you know, going towards maybe even at the trade deadline. The question is, how many chips do the Kitchener Rangers have left? And if all of them are already in, what can this team do against a Western Conference, especially teams around them that are going to be beefing up probably at the deadline?
0: And that's the one interesting thing about the Ontario Hockey League is that uh, with the amount of teams that you have and the amount of teams that make the playoffs is that sometimes all you got to do is sneak in and be playing good hockey at the right time to be able to go on a little bit of a run and, and possibly win something in the OHL playoffs. And I know there's certainly some teams that haven't had a good start um, in our listening area. I know the own sound attack got off to a poor start to start the season, but they're hoping that at the deadline and with some of the players that they have in place now, they're going to improve the London Knights, of course, off to another good start just to kind of pull everybody in, in our listening and viewing area. I know everybody, they, they Mark, trust me, they get their time to shine it's about time we, we highlight some of the other teams around the NHL. Yeah,
4: why not? Why not? Um, I think in the Western Conference though this is you know the Kitchener Rangers show over the last over the last month and a half at least if they can keep it going, I think they could have a really good chance to do something special uh, going towards the Memorial Cup. The Saginaw spirit, I'm very curious to see what they're going to end up doing. not such a hot start for the Memorial Cup hosts.
0: You know, I was surprised by that as well. They've came out of the gate kind of a little bit slow, a little bit lackluster. Um, but a team that's hosting the Memorial Cup this year, maybe they keep that in the back of their pocket. You know, hey, we've we've got this, right? We can, we're there. Now we just need to focus on making sure that, A, the guys we want stay healthy throughout the course of the season. And, B, maybe we can make a splash. Maybe we can make a couple of big moves come the deadline a little bit later in the season to make sure that we are well poised play good hockey through the playoffs and then into the Memorial Cup, ready to roll.
4: One team I would be remiss if I didn't mention is the other team, of course, that I follow in the OHL a little bit closely would be the Sudbury Wolves. You know, off to a nine and five start this season. Galibor Dvorsky coming in uh, to play for Sudbury, a St. Louis Blues first-round pick. You know, Jakob Vondris has been outstanding for them this year. They have a beefed-up defense. They made that deal with uh, Windsor not too long ago. Gibralt Touré ends up coming back. Uh, of course, he's on the uh, on the injured list right now, is – you know, possibly could play uh, very, very soon. Matthew Mania is also kind of a, a guy that you could look at over the next uh, couple of weeks. But David Goyette's off to a hot start. You know, Quentin Musty is off to a hot start after signing his three-year entry-level deal with the Sharks. I mean, that's uh, we did the OHL media poll before this season even started. And I'm not going to lie, I voted the Sudbury Wolves to win the OHL championship this year.
0: That is, that is a bold pick. I must say, not a, not necessarily in a bad way. What a bold pick! I mean that, that that Eastern Conference is tough. You've got you've got another good year coming. It looks like for the Peets. Ottawa's off to a good start. The Steelheads, once again, fired out of the cannon, if you will. Wait, how about Pete's. that goaltending duo in Mississauga? It's scary. It's it's a little bit scary, but uh, uh, we don't have to worry about it for us who are following teams out in the Western Conference. You don't have to worry about it until at least at least a little bit later on yeah <laughs> all right mark uh, we are just about out of time here on the show this week once again thank you so much for hopping on uh on short short notice uh joining me here on the smitty and Mitty show once again mark perry uh mark let us know and i said off the top i listed everywhere that you are involved with but in case they missed it in case i missed anything let the listeners know where they can find you uh and where they can follow you on social media well, follow me
4: on Twitter or X at Mark L. Perry M A R K L P A R E. Um, follow me around the rink. Obviously, during the uh, winter time, I am in pretty much every hockey arena. It seems the color commentator for the Guelph Storm on Rogers TV, the color commentator for the Sudbury Wolves on Nine. Uh, I'm gonna mess that up. <laughs> Cut that part. <laughs> Um, the color commentator for the Sudbury Wolves on radio, um, the play-by-play commentator for the Wilfrid Laurier Golden Hawks women's hockey team, sometimes the men's hockey team too whenever they call me, and then during the summer times it's always about the summer sports, lacrosse, I'm the play-by-play commentator for the Six Nations Chiefs and major series lacrosse and Rogers TV, and of course the play-by-play commentator for the Kitchener Panthers in the Inter-County
0: Baseball League. They didn't believe me when I said that you were a busy man, Mark, but you are always <laughs> up to something. Uh, once again, Mark Perry joining me here on this video. Show. Mark, thanks again. We'll talk again soon. Sounds good, man. Appreciate it.
3: Another curling season is upon us. Whether you're a beginner, a pro, or somewhere in between, having the proper equipment makes all the difference. Shoes, brooms, jackets, pants, gloves for men, women, and children. Whatever you're looking for, you'll find it at goldlinecurling.com. Goldline, the choice of champions.
2: Even though I'd just gotten a new job that paid well, I still wanted to be prepared for the unexpected. My Sun Life advisor encouraged me to do three things, get health coverage, start paying back debt, and build a safety net. When I got my cancer diagnosis, my advisor had already helped me become debt-free with enough set aside for emergencies. When I took time off, I didn't worry about my finances so I could focus on getting better. Today. I'm in remission.
1: Call Middleton Finner Financial Services with offices in Kincardine and Port Elgin. You're listening to the
0: Smitty and Mitty Show. Welcome back to the Smitty and Midi Show here across the TSMS Radio Network and on the Smitty and Midi Show podcast. We continue on the show. Big thanks to Mark Perry for hopping on, uh, talking to me about some OHL, some IBL, some other stuff going on and around, and really just catching up with him for the last 20 minutes or so. But Mr. Middleton is back on the airwaves with me here, and we are going to continue on with some uh, some more of our mediocre sports talk to finish off the show for the last uh, 20 minutes or so here. Okay. Okay. Sure.
1: Sound, sound good? Yeah, it sounds good to me. I I approve.
0: You approve? Okay. Yeah. That's the thing with doing a co-hosted show. You got to get approval before you move along with anything. So uh, always going to make sure that we are good to go. Uh, let's talk some. You want to talk some football? You want to talk some? We talked a little bit about baseball earlier on, but you want to talk some football?
1: Sure. What do you want to talk about with football? What 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 is itching your brain in football? All
0: right. Well, let me just uh, Let me just start off by. How about sp- this? Can okay. I get? I'll go. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead.
1: Did you see the list of sexiest men on the planet this year?
0: I didn't see the full list, but I saw that Jason Kelsey was on it.
1: Do you think it has ever before been a lineman in the NFL?
0: I don't think so. And let me, sorry, let me follow back with a boom back question for you. Is this just because of all the hype that the Kelseys have been been getting as of late? Like, is he on this like, list if Travis doesn't? Sure, but if you're going to
1: pick a Kelsey, why not why not Travis, the one dating a pop star? Well, why, because
0: why... that's too much hype for the guy, you know? If you Although, know what I'm saying. listen. I'll be honest with you. I think Jason might be better looking.
1: I think his wife is extremely good looking. She's a very she is. nice
0: lady. Down yeah. to earth kind of gal, too
1: she is she she looks like a, phenomenal, a a person you'd like to sit down and watch the game and have a beer with i don't know if i'd want to sit down and watch a game and have
0: a beer with taylor swift i probably would but no she tell you up. she
1: tell you all the sad stories are you kidding me she well, I, tell can you, I can listen you're a good listener you're I'm a good listener, listener. I don't, I, I don't, i'm
0: not the speaker you know me we've been on this show for three three and a bit years now I'm i'm not the speaker i'm the listener List. But if I'm
1: going to sit there and listen just, to ex-boyfriends and like the, the troubles of not having your gold toilet and your private jet anymore, okay. I don't need to hear that. I'd rather sit with Jason's wife, have a couple beers. She's screaming at refs. We're throwing things around. We're having a good old time. I'd rather do that.
0: That's fair. That's fair. Were you going to say anything else about this list or just the fact that Jason Kelsey was on it?
1: I just thought it was incredible Jason Kelsey was on Did you see who won it?
0: No, I didn't. I didn't. Uh, you didn't even get to the rest of the list for me. I have no idea who is on the rest. Uh,
1: the rest of the list. But I, Usher was on there. Um, I do, actually don't know this actor's name, Dreamy from, uh, from 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 uh, Grey's Anatomy. No. Oh. Yeah, he was the one that won. Yeah. Oh, okay. He he won. So that brings up another question: Is he hasn't been relevant? What ten years on that show? Five years?
0: I feel like he'll always be relevant. I think to the right people. You know, the people who make these lists. But couldn't
1: he have been world Sexiest Man five years ago when he was relevant in the show? Like, why now?
0: I bet you he was. Like, did you go back and look at the history of the World's Sexiest Man award?
1: Yes, I did, and he wasn't there. I think he, the he year that never
0: happened. he never once been on it throughout the entire, like... He's the, never won you know, it, no. The highest of highs that, that show has been on, and he had never won it?
1: He's never won it, no. I know the, that.
0: I see that, to me, is more surprising.
1: Does Jason Kelsey being on there give you hope that one day if you just worked hard and got famous enough?
0: No. Because there, there's resemblance
1: not. there. You're both bigger gentlemen. Yeah, you got the beard.
0: Yeah, but he's big in a good way. You know, like he, you can be you can be good big. And I think he's good big. I'm leaning towards not good big, like almost unhealthy big. <laughs> and I think that's where they do have a line there, and I think that's where they draw the line.
1: Okay. What was your NFL question? It probably had nothing to do with world sexies, man.
0: No, but speaking of the world, NFL flying halfway across the world to play a game this past weekend, Frankfurt, Germany. Um, A series of international games for the NFL, and it begs the question, I think, at least for us here on the show, um, if not to kill time, then anything else, is the NFL ever going to, and do you think it ever would make sense for the NFL to f- permanently put a team over the pond on the other side of the world, like is that ever going to make sense?
1: I I think that I I think what we've seen is these teams really struggle on the weeks that they have to fly over there, right? The Buffalo Bills lose the Jacksonville Jaguars, who looked like a much superior team in England, but that was mostly not solely, but mostly because Jacksonville had been there for two weeks already. They had got there, they got acclimatized to you know the different weather to the 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 time zone change just the flight you know the jet lag the the oop and awe of being in england and playing you know on uh, on foreign soil if you will so i think it would be really hard like what do you do what what do you do with teams flying over there it would be do you just leave the german team in germany for the first half of the year and have teams fly over to play and then send them back to to north america for the second half of the year for all road games
0: here is my here is my uh, proposal if you will because actually, I have thought about this a little bit when I uh, when I watched some of the earlier games. If they decided that it was only going to be one team that they wanted to put over there, for the record, I think it would make more sense if they put more than one, just so that there was uh, a closer team. But if they decide to just go with one team in, let's just say for this example, in Germany, um, I think you would have to have it where they played, let's say this team played their first half of the season at home in Germany, And then they had a bye week before they made it over to the United States for the rest of their season. Any playoff games that they made would be in the States. Like there's no playoff games happening in Germany. They would have to make that set so that you can make this transition as easy as possible. That team gets their bye week in the week that they're moving from Germany to the States. It gives you a little bit of time to uh, acclimatize yourself to that move. And then every team that has to come in, to as best as you can. And maybe this will work better if they started the year in the States and moved over to Germany. But every team that is coming in to play them, maybe make it so that their bye week, if you can, is the week prior. Do you think that would make sense? Do you think that's doable?
1: But then you get into the fact that now they're flying. but Like flying back home would be just as hard as flying there, right? So you'd have to give them – you'd have to almost make them, whoever was in Germany the week before, against the Monday nighter just to give them an extra – extra day the next week
0: right so you and get it, the, you get the bye week and then but then you you're also monday getting night into night. the
1: fact that you're you're getting into some some television problems at that point where um let's wherever this german team whatever division they play in let's say they have to play you know the 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 colts so now the colts are playing on a monday night i don't want the colts on a monday night
0: that's where your primetime games are well it wouldn't even be a monday night right because of the time difference like
1: but I'm saying when they fly back, you yeah. have to, you almost have to give them that extra day, right? So the next yeah. week, they would have to play on the Monday night. I don't want them there. They don't want them there. The com- the It takes your availability to flex out of games completely out of the TV schedule as well, if you're going to ha- have to give them an extra day. You would almost have to say to them, like, you are going to be jet-lagged the next week. Get over it. You get your bye week to fly over there. Or you get your bi-week to fly back. Pick one.
0: Yeah, you pick, pick one or the other. We'll try to schedule as best we can a bye week in and around your game so that it It would almost be better
1: now that i'm thinking further it almost be better to give them the thursday night the week before and then the and then the bye week the week after the week after right so so you're able to fly out on the saturday let's say give yourself one whole calendar week over there and then now you have your bye week the week after you have two weeks to get home and get ready that would make i think more sense
0: i think at the end of the day like this is just a pipe dream right like
1: but exactly. is it? Because Roger Goodell is talking about I know about the they, fact...
0: seri- they talk about seriously looking into it, but I just don't think it makes logistical sense unless you were to maybe put a division there. Mm. Like, if you put a division there where there is now a bulk of teams where you can play at least a portion of your games without having to travel across the earth, like, then maybe that makes sense. Otherwise, you're just like one team there, I think, is just asking for disaster. In my opinion, so you, at least.
1: So you 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 have to put a whole division over there. Where are you adding an extra division, or are you moving? Miguel has
0: already talked about the expansion, man. I don't so know. You're, how so they you're so you're moving
1: it, but... four teams over there, is what you're telling me. I'm not saying say. you're moving
0: four teams. You're expanding up to thirty six teams.
1: And then you make that division play on the Saturdays,
0: right? That division plays whatever. That division
1: plays for... Saturday at nine thirty, Saturday at twelve thirty, and now. You almost take over your Saturdays from college football.
0: I don't think the NFL now you that you run into the same problem with the TVs though, right? Like the t- same TV networks that are covering NFL games on Sunday are covering college games on Sunday, and they probably mm. don't want to lose those either. true. Well, what Roger Goodell has talked about
1: is the possibility in the very, very near future. And I'm talking about I think the next Super Bowl is booked up to 2026 or 2025 is booked 2026 is open something like that he's they've seriously talked about having a super bowl on european soil and
0: can you just imagine i feel like that the outrage from american citizens if that were to happen
1: well let me ask you a question when do you play it what time
0: you'd have to what time is like because when, if, you're play, super if you're playing, bowl playing normally seven, start.
1: If you're playing 8 p.m., which is when it normally starts, on, or 6, maybe 6, let's say 6 p.m. in Germany, what are you looking at? One in the morning?
0: Well, when does when does the Super Bowl normally start? 6, 6, roughly 6, 6 p.m.?
1: 6, 6.30, yeah, something like that, I think.
0: So 6 p.m., like that would be, the game would be starting at midnight.
1: Right, so you can't do that. So If you want people there, you game. can't do that.
0: It have to be an afternoon game, which and then
1: are are, are for the you record. Just, I'm not opposed to. I'm not super opposed to. It kind of fixes your. But it your ratings. Monday
0: hangover from the Super Bowl yeah.
1: problem. It's all about ratings, though. And is there going to be the same ratings at one o'clock, uh, Eastern Time, as there would be at six o'clock Eastern Time for Super Bowl? I I honestly don't know that. I think there. I do think that there's a. I'm not saying that. To to say that there's no chance, I think there is a chance that it could be like that. There is a minute possibility that it's a Super Bowl. A Super Bowl is a Super Bowl, and now you've just expanded to now more Germany and Europe watches it.
0: Yeah, I, listen, it'll be interesting to see what happens because there. It's no secret the NFL is looking at it. They are very interested in the the idea of having full time NFL football and and bigger events overseas. And specifically in, in the Europe region, so I don't know. Like, do you think w- what's a realistic timeline? Like in the next five years, are we going to start seeing some big events or or teams playing? which, uh, like, there's already what three or four games this year in Europe? Oh, there's
1: more than that. Uh, there's got to be what five or six. They're they're again this week. They're in Germany. Um the uh, the New England Patriots are playing the Colts. Is that right?
0: I mean, it makes sense. Cause like you're building these fields where they don't go. So like, you need to, you need to get games out or one game, right. You're not going to build a, build a field on inside this stadium built for soccer for one game. So,
1: and I secretly think that they really enjoy having the nine thirty start, the standalone nine thirty start.
0: Oh, it just, it, it creates um, more of a day for them. Right
1: now. England, let's say that you have the Super Bowl in England. What do you do with the halftime show? Are you focusing on an England artist? Are you looking at Al John?
0: I'm thinking probably like a Beatles tribute band.
1: A Beatles tribute. So they played the pub Thursday night, Super Bowl (laughs) Sunday.
0: (laughs) They're playing playing in front of 200 people on a Thursday. Oh,
1: but I think you're on something there. Sir Paul McCartney?
0: Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. If he's if he's still cracking around that by that time,
1: how about Queen? gotta be getting up
0: there? How old is he,
1: Paul McCartney? I don't know. got seventy. Yeah,
0: we gotta be at least seventy for fun. Seventy for fun. Yeah, I don't. I think you would. Obviously, the NFL is exploring it, but you're gonna have some uproar from not having that game. Oh, really? Bald. Anywhere close to where the fans are and there are fans overseas like there are tons, tons there. of fans there's tons of fans in Europe like the NFL is a global it is a global game there are tons of fans around the globe but i just taking it away from the markets that you have built yourself off of is it going to pay off i guess there's only one way to find out right do it right sir sir paul mccartney 81 years old ooh what did i say 70 somewhere in the yeah. 70s yeah i 81. don't know if he's going to
1: be i don't know if he's going to be Dancing around on Nothing the Super, says Bowl, Super stage. Bowl
0: like 85 year old <laughs> Paul Dancing around on stage. For the last time you see him, break a hip. All right, we're going to wrap things up here. We got to finish off the show on the other side. You are tuned in, listening to the Smitty and Mitty Show here across the TSMS Radio Network and the Smitty and Mitty Show podcast.
2: Even though I'd just gotten a new job that paid well, I still wanted to be prepared for the unexpected. My Sun Life advisor encouraged me to do three things get health coverage start paying back debt, and build a safety net. When I got my cancer diagnosis, my advisor had already helped me become debt-free with enough set aside for emergencies. When I took time off, I didn't worry about my finances so I could focus on getting better. Today, I'm in remission. Call
1: Middleton Finner Financial Services with offices in Kincartan and Port Elgin.
3: Another curling season is upon us. Whether you're a beginner, a pro, or somewhere in between, having the proper equipment makes all the difference. Shoes, brooms, jackets, pants, gloves for men, women, and children. Whatever you're looking for, you'll find it at goldlinecurling.com. Goldline, the choice of champions.
1: Now back to the Smitty and Minnie show.
0: Alrighty, welcome back to the Smitty and Mitty Show here on the TSMS Radio Network, as well as the Smitty and Mitty Show podcast. We are back to wrap up the show here. Final segment, final time you're going to be hearing us on the radio this week. Mr. Middleton, a big thank you goes out to our sponsors.
1: Was that an invitation for me to thank our sponsors? That was, because okay. I'm, I'm exhausted. Your turn. Oh, Your okay. turn. You're up, buddy. Dave Middleton, Sunlight Financial Life is Bright on the Sun, Gold Line Curling. The choice of champions Two. Uh... They were two of our our, our very first. they have been our only sponsors. Our
0: only sponsors so. for like three years now.
1: Right. So, yeah, thank you to them for sticking with us and being part of the show for so long. Let alone Dave Middleton jumping on and joining us every now and then to talk about uh, just to embarrass me. Yeah, That's just Dave Middleton jumps
4: on. Thanks, pops.
1: Every now and then. Uh, speaking of which, next week we're gonna have a uh, a special guest and a, a huge Smitty and Mitty show announcement coming. up
0: yeah, big announcement coming up on the show. Uh, you're not going to want to miss it. Tune in next week here across the TSMs Radio Network and on the Smitty and Mitty Show podcast.